Sunday pour. It is championship week. We are less than a week away from Selection Sunday. I think it's safe to say we made it through the dark, dreary days of February. Uh, trying to make it through this Gonzaga game. They're crushing St. Mary's at the half right now. Another another uh, barn burner from Gonzaga. They won't be playing a meaningful game for another week. Um, I'm fired up. One of my favorite times of year. And even better, let me be the first to wish you a happy International Women's Day. How are you celebrating today? I'm having a little mob back. That was it. That was perfect, man. Um, how's the over looking in that game? Any good? That was a tip I got. I forget where I heard that. The over. Uh, well, St. Mary's probably going to have to score more than 26 in the second half, I would guess. <laughs> oh, no. Absolutely getting crushed. Nice. Yeah, Gonzaga, just, they're like the UConn women until they have to play meaningful games. Wow. They just smashed their conference. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, UConn women haven't been uh, that good in recent years, right? I think they're, okay, uh, they're, they're beating Marquette by like 40 tonight. Tonight, but I mean, they haven't been like the dominant. And it, by dominant, I mean up to UConn women's standards. But like, they haven't been like the dominant, uh, like, sure thing that they have been before right like recently i mean like in the past I don't five, know. five six seven years mm, that's a good question you could have told me they won seven in a row and i would have believed it <laughs> when was the last time they won a championship uconn girls uh great question wow i know they lost one year to mississippi state because i watched that game you, watched the second have, half of the game you have money in that game i did not i was actually rooting for mississippi state though i was tired of uconn women Beat them at the buzzer, and then they, and then, you know, the most predictable thing in the world is they lost the championship, shot their load in the final four, and then lost to whoever they played in the championship. Classic, classic letdown. I was watching Saturday Night Fever before we came on. Travolta just, Travolta had some moves, man. When he goes out there on the dance floor by himself and does his little solo act. That guy could move. He doesn't mess around, man. Now I know why it was such – I mean, I always knew, but why it was such a big deal when he came back in Pulp Fiction and did the little dance scene. I, I like, that I, was a big deal. I think he danced in other movies, though, before that. Because it was always a big like, – he was always kind of like a thing where he would dance. It wasn't, I don't think he took off like 20 years and then danced. I think he's – Well – Well, I mean, I always felt – I always sequel. Felt, <laughs> right. I, I didn't mean just sound on Fever too. But I, 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 I mean, I kind of felt I kind of felt the same way though. But I feel like I I feel like I was wrong about that about him uh, having like that a big comeback. I think it was always a thing. They kind of snuck it into those movies. Well, Grease, he does a little dancing. Oh yeah, he's got does a little moving around. I don't think he dances in Face Off. That's it's after Pulp Fiction. No, Cage might dance a little bit in that movie. Not Travolta. Are you getting confused? Because they change faces. So maybe Ooh. it is. Maybe it is Travolta, but he's got Nick Cage's face. Right. Was it Sean Archer or was it Caster Troy? We don't know. I still get confused watching the movie. <laughs> Caster? That's the guy's name? is Caster. Caster Troy, yeah. Badass, badass villain. What kind of name is Caster? Uh, and his brother's name, I believe, was Pollock. Pollock Troy. 
Yeah, you're just asking. If you're naming your kid either of those, you're asking them to be a bad guy. Is Pollock Troy a bad guy too? Oh yeah, he's a he's a convict. He's in he's in the slammer. Yeah, it's like evil super villain uh, first day. Like, what you, what, you, what are you changing your name to? You want to be a bad guy? You better change your name to a bad guy. Pollock. I'm gonna be Pollock. Yeah, well, yeah, Pollock. You're gonna, you're gonna be a bad motherfucker if that's your name. Maybe his maybe his parents were big uh, Jackson Pollock fans. It could be, yeah. They, they, here's the thing. They didn't think that kid was going to be a priest. No. Caster, I can't speak for that name. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know its origin. No, it's evil supervillain school, basically. You ever hear the theory, and I don't know where this theory comes from, that all the hockey coaches look like Bond villains? <laughs> I haven't heard that, No. I'm still debating where I heard that from or where it came from. I know I didn't make it up, but it it makes sense. They look like Bond villains. They're all like oldish, whitish looking dudes, like someone that James Bond would have to go after. Like silly, like teeth, silly faces. Yeah, I see that. Yeah, I mean, they don't. None of them look like Jaws, but spot a few, spot a few Bond guys. None of them look like Odd Job either. Those are like the two main Bond, like the two most famous Bond villains in my mind. Goldfinger. Uh, there's a good one. That they look, you could probably find a hockey coach that looks like Goldfinger. <laughs> well, I've done some deep research into that. I, or at least like name each hockey coach and, and like name, give them a Bond villain name. I think we should do that. <laughs> um, Let's, like the gold, this Goldfinger guy definitely looks like you can definitely find a hockey coach that looks like him. This the guy who played Goldfinger kind of looks like the guy who used to coach the Bruins, Claude Julian. I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, Goldfinger's a hockey coach written all over. This guy's got some ice time under his belt. Oh yeah, now now Google Claude Julian. <laughs> I think he coaches the Canadians now. Okay. That's actually an under. That's actually an oh, underrated. Yeah, he looks just like him. <laughs> he does. That's actually an underrated, little crazy thing that happened. Claude Julien was coaching the Bruins back in 2017. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if he got fired or got or quit or I forget exactly what happened. But like a few days after that, or a week after that, he went to go coach the Canadians, which is their arch rival. I, yeah. I got. I mean, I, that's another thing I have to look into. Like, how the hell did they let that happen? They fired him. Yeah, what do you know? They fired him. It was a fire job. Yeah, it wasn't like it wasn't like they sent him packing on his way. Good luck in Montreal. Relieved of his coaching duties. Yeah, and it was a week later, Valentine's Day. Got fired February seventh. Got canned, and then February fourteenth goes to the Canadians. All yeah. right. Claude Julian, aka Goldfinger. You definitely find some other hockey coaches. I'm not like, oh, what's his face on the Islanders? Why is he slipping my Barry uh, Trotz? Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz a Bond villain. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just saw I can't find these guys' names, but Tortorella could be a Bond villain. He acts like a Bond villain. Yeah, he just kind of, yeah, he just kind of got that evil demeanor to him. 
I wish I knew more hockey coaches off the top of my head. I'm, I'm not, I'm not invested in the NHL these days. Trotz has like the no neck thing going for him. He looks like odd job, just not Asian. Looks like he could fire a hat at you. Oh yeah, or, he threw a hat, right? Yeah, a good like Austin Powers parodied it when he, he threw it's, shoes. It's like a sharp hat, right? Like it, it'll just kind of spin and chop your head off, basically. Yeah, I think he was actually a side villain in Goldfinger. I want to say, and he came back. I don't think he. I don't know if he was ever the main villain. Odd job. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. I used to. I used to get be into all those old Bond flicks, the Connery ones. I was never a big Bond guy. Yeah, I always found. You know what got me into Bond was around Thanksgiving time. They used to do twenty-five days of Bond. I don't know. It probably mm. wasn't called that, but it sounds right. They used to do one Bond flick. A night in November, like leading up to Thanksgiving, or maybe it was from Thanksgiving to Christmas. I don't know. Whatever it was, and they would do one at night. It's before DVR. You had to have a VHS or DVD back then to, in order to watch it. So I used to always try and catch a Bond flick. Those I, are- I I haven't watched one of the. I haven't watched one Daniel Pregnant. So I obviously got lost along the way. My love for Bond, but the old school ones are cool. Even those, I never. I mean, I've tried to watch a couple of those, but I just never get into them. I don't know what it is. You would think, I mean, they're blockbusters, like, so it's you know, it's just. But you would think it'd be easier to get into, though. Like it's it's a cool guy, drinks martinis, kicks some ass. Yeah, he's British. Maybe I don't buy the British thing. The British thing could be tough. Like Connery's like the coolest guy to rock a Brit to have a British accent, probably. At least on. Yeah, you would be hard-pressed to find a cooler one than Sean Connery. And I watched The Hunt for Red October recently, so I just watched the Connery flick recently. Yep. That voice, if you ever had a conversation with, like, Sean Connery face-to-face, I feel like it would be so emasculating. <laughs> like, that voice is just – that is alpha, man. <laughs> like if, if a voice could just crush you like an iron fist, it would be Sean Connery's voice. It either it either crush you or it would be like you would leave that and your testosterone levels would be through the roof. You'd be like I just fucking spent ten minutes with Sean Connery. I feel like I could go out, I could kill a bear with my bare hands, I could yeah. make love to a supermodel, and uh, I don't know, carry a tree on my back or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna start sprouting chest hair everywhere. <laughs> yes, yeah, for sure. You get, it's, and that's another thing about Connery is that no, no man, maybe. Maybe Burt Reynolds in his heyday, but I mean, I don't think anybody has had prominent chest hair like Sean Connery. Andy Garcia had a little bit in Godfather 3, peeking yeah. through that red robe. I feel like it's not celebrated as much. How <laughs> much people looked at Andy Garcia for the chest hair, but like Sean Connery, it's not like, like, like nowadays, nobody's got chest hair and it's, it's kind of, I don't know if it's frowned upon, but it's, uh, it's not something people look for. But like with Sean Connery, it's like, yeah, oh yeah, of course. Of course, he's a, he's, a, he's a man's man. Of course, he has his chest hair and it's glorious. <laughs> when did chest hair go out of style? That's a great question. I think when guys realized they couldn't compete with the Sean Connerys of the world. Right. He put it into and out of style almost instantly. Yeah. I just think, crushed it. Yep. He, yeah, just you can't compete with it. It's bottom line. 
Is that why Pierce Brosnan was a pretty good bond? Did he have the chest hair going or no? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, I feel like he did. I'm not, I Daniel Craig. See, that's why you can't get into the new ones. Not a chest hair guy. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't into the old ones either, but yeah. It's, it's, it doesn't help, doesn't help his case. Not at all. Roger Moore. Was he a chest hair guy? I'm going to say no to Roger Moore. Who knows? I, back then, I have no idea. But it would be big points against. <laughs> I you, feel like he you, made a point, Connery, to always go shirtless. Are you Googling Roger Moore chest hair? No, not yet, but no. I will. <laughs> That's going to be a fun Google history to, to explain. Yeah. Roger Moore chest hair. <laughs> oh, no, I, no, Roger, no Roger Moore uh, pictures popped up, but I'll give you a good chest hair guy. <laughs> what do you got? Tom Selleck. Oh, yeah, Selleck. I mean, yeah, Selleck had the mustache. I guess it was hair, hair was cool, man. It's cool. And, bon- and uh, Pierce Brosnan did pop up. Obviously, Connery popped up. That is uh, interesting. Interesting question, though, is at what point did it be like the, the fashion just kind of everybody had to be hairless? Except for when did like I, I feel like it was right around the time maybe the mustache went away because the mustache isn't really in too much anymore. Something to do with the eighties then? Because yeah. there were some prominent hairy people in the in the eighties. Because Selleck was like women love Selleck. Right, I mean, Selleck was huge up until Friends, and that's in the nineties. And I was, I mean, he was always hanging out with Monica with his chest hair hanging out. I feel like <laughs> Richard. <laughs> Yeah, what's uh, Chandler couldn't compete with Selleck. I don't think Chandler was happy about going up against uh, Tom Selleck. I don't think Monica was ha- was uh, was happy that she had a sandal had a, had to settle for Chandler. No, no, that was definitely a settled job. <laughs> then, did you ever see Tom Selleck without a mustache? He's got no upper lip. I don't know if I ever saw him without a mustache. He's got no upper lip, man. It's crazy. Like it, it explains. Needed it then. Needed like it. did his mustache chicken or the egg? Did his mustache just absorb his upper lip? So he's, so he's like uh, Tom Tucker, where he needs his mustache for his superpowers. Oh yeah, so, I mean Tom Selleck without his mustache is like Superman without his cape. Oh, I have seen. Yeah, I have seen Selleck without the mustache, and it's not the same. It's no. He was in In and Out, uh, the movie with uh, Kevin Klein without a mustache. Right, 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 right. Was he the interest? Was he the love interest? Yeah, he was like a, a TV reporter, maybe. Ah, uh, okay. I haven't seen that movie in a while, but yeah, he was definitely a love interest. Yeah, I'm looking at him here uh, with like the Detroit Tigers hat on and the mustache. I mean, that is iconic. Like the, there's not even like a chest hair shop, but it's. It cuts off before the chest. We can still see some creeping of, of hairs coming up. And it's like, now, if you have a straight chest there, you're looked at as some sort of freak, like Bigfoot or some shit. Yeah, well, I think these guys just – I think these guys just – I mean, Selleck, Connery. I mean, they made it where, like, all their men just couldn't do it. Shit, man. I know it was a big. Feel like somebody trying to be as good as lifting weights as The Rock. And who 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 uh, stands to gain here? Is the the people who make Nair, Gillette? Like who's who's who stands to win? 
from this. I don't uh, know. Those cheese. places probably do clean up though, right? Everyone's shaving oh, yeah. their body hair. Waxing and shit. Maxing and waxing, relaxing, all cool. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd be hard pressed if we're talking about chest hair people, not to mention George the Animal Steel, wrestler from the 80s. <laughs> yeah. I think in wrestling is the one place where the, the lack of hair makes sense. Because like all oiled up and stuff, that's yeah. I look. <laughs> that's why body hair guys in the wrestling were cool, like George Animal Steel. He just had a, a a rug on his entire back and chest. It was great. <laughs> you got to figure you got the other guys who got to mix it up with them. They're getting their hands in there. That's got to be. I mean, I'm sure yeah. they, I'm sure they're kind of over it at some point. I get, early in their wrestling career, they, I mean, you're rolling around half naked with other guys sweating and greased up and shit so i'm sure they kind of get over it but you know that's got a it's a little added i wonder that's what i would ask any wrestlers what's like the grossest thing in the ring oh guys shitting themselves that's um, happened yeah well not only like what's the grossest thing like that happens often like guys don't aren't all getting there with a the full load all the time oh often yeah like what's something that like that, that still kind of grosses them out of course, like shitting on somebody's that's gonna be gross, but like, is it just like somebody's ass to your face? Like, that happens? Is that something that you're just like, ugh. there's gotta be something that's kind of gross to them. I think they're so conditioned just to be close to each other that it's like acting at that point, method acting. I know, I yeah, I agree with you, but that's why I would be as I'm curious what gets them, like, what there's one thing that's still gross them out even a little bit. But yeah, no, I'm sure. I'm sure most of them are conditioned to handle just most of that shit. I even think. Yeah. <laughs> I, it could. It could be. It could be just like yeah. Brock Lesnar's armpit is the most disgusting place to have to shove your nose. Well, yeah, it wouldn't be ideal. I would say have Brock Brock Lesnar. No, but I was saying like that would be like like for some reason that is more disgusting. Like when I played baseball in high school, I, everybody like it's. I, I can still smell this one fucking kid. Just whatever was jogging, whatever he just reeked. His fucking hat, his jock strap, whatever it was, he just stunk. As soon as we got going, and this is this is a team full of like sweaty, you know, high school kids. This one kid just st- stood out among all the scents. Yeah, bo. Yeah, bbo. Baseball body odor. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what it was, but uh, that's that's what, I, that's what I'm looking for. One of those things, something that just grosses them out. That actually so. might be a good question. Like, who has the worst body odor of any wrestler? Like, when they when they go for like a half hour and you're in the ring with them and they're they're on you pinning you, yeah. like who smells like the absolute? Sh- who smells the shittiest? <laughs> I can I can see being Brock Lesnar too because I could see him just not giving a single fuck. About how about his personal hygiene on wrestling day, on fight day. Yeah, the only problem with him is I don't. He usually doesn't fight that long of fights. Yeah, that'd be a great question. Who yeah, because like the guys shit. because the guys take a dive because they don't want to smell them anymore. All right, pin me. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> oh man, so champ week. Sure is. March Madness, six Thank days you. away from the from Selection Sunday. Um, as soon as I endorsed Michigan, they lost two out of three. 
That's all right. Just it's tuning up for uh, the tournament. That's all. Yeah. They, they lost to Michigan State and they lost to uh, – well, they split a home-and-home home with Michigan State. And they lost to Illinois earlier in the week. Uh, I still think they're the best team. It's just they needed a little uh, – they needed what Gonzaga's not going to get here. What do you mean? They needed a Gonzaga's just going to roller skate into the tournament undefeated. Right. They, they, need, they needed something to uh, kind of ice water in the face on the wake up. Yes. Gotcha. Yes, they needed a dose of reality. They needed a little punch in the mouth. You know what I mean? They needed Clubber Lang beginning a Rocky three, just laying us getting getting the shit kicked out of them a little bit. And now, now it starts. Going into this tournament, this is as little of a feel that I have for a, a field that I think I've ever had. I'm never like totally locked into NCAA until March, but like this year is, I mean, I am lost. But it feels like, and just like listening and reading a little bit here and there, feels like it's wide open this year. Like Gonzaga, it seems like going to be the overwhelming favorite, but that, it, it, that's, you know, tournament time, tournament time. I feel like other than that, it is wide open. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's part of, the, part of it's the Big East being kind of mediocre this year. Big East is, yeah, I would say they're worse yeah. than mediocre. They're just not good. Yeah, not having a dominant team like you know they, they usually have one or two that's good for a tournament run. Um, maybe that's part of it because that's like the one league that I do have an idea about. But uh, it is wide. Is is it wide open or is Gonzaga gonna have a real chance to just sweep their way through? I mean, I'm not a Gonzaga guy. I never am. I like teams that get tested a little bit in the regular season. I just feel like. I don't know. They're going to get themselves in a dogfight at one point, and they're going to lose. That's just that's the way I think. Plus, they go in undefeated, which it looks like they're going to win this game. And the only thing standing in the way would be, uh, I guess, BYU or I think Pepperdine, which they'll be favored in that game. So it looks like they're going to go in undefeated. I don't like a team that goes in undefeated into a tournament. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, of, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think about like the Patriots back whenever that was, 07, 08. Mm. Like, that was a championship team full of, like, veteran guys, professionals, Brady and Belichick, and, like, they even started to feel the pressure. Mm. Now you have a team of 19, 20-year-old kids. I just think it's too much. And, like, the recent history of teams going for it, I mean, the closest that anyone came recently was Kentucky with Calipari. They lost in the Final Four to Wisconsin. That was 20, let's say, 15? Um, and then the year of, before that, the year before that, I believe Wichita, I think they were undefeated. Is that when, that's when Kentucky beat them as an eight seed year. They went to the finals and played UConn. Um, so that's another example. Other than that, I just, I don't know. I just think the, the big cross to bear going for an undefeated season. I think the only team that I could be wrong, but didn't Bob Knight do it with Indiana? With uh, I, uh, I think it was. What year did I – I feel like it was the late 70s. Is that before Isaiah? Uh, when was Isaiah – when did Isaiah graduate from – man, I don't even know when his rookie year was. Yeah, no, it could have been him because he was before Jordan's, and that was like the early 80s, so. Um, it could have been with Isaiah. I feel like Isaiah was early 80s. I feel like I'm thinking of 
77, maybe? That? Did he come out around the time Magic and Bird did? I feel like he's. Uh, I feel like he's between Magic and Bird and Jordan. But it could. It could have been him, though. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I have. I. I have the seventy-five, seventy-six Indiana Hoosiers as the last team to go undefeated. Thirty-two and zero. So that's my math. Forty-five years ago. I mean, you tell me Gonzaga is gonna. Match Indiana. This is I, I feel like this is the year for the Dodgers won a championship. Like it just feels like the year for weird shit to happen. I don't oh, know. By the way, I don't know if you want to count these teams, but UCLA did it like four like, times. Like the Lou Alcindor years, yeah. Yeah, they went thirty and 0 four times. North Carolina did it in fifty six, fifty seven, and the University of San Francisco did it in fifty five, fifty six. That was probably uh Wilt go to San Francisco? Bill Russell? One of those centers went to San Francisco. Whatever. doesn't matter. So no one's done it in the actual, like, big tournament era, which is, what, 85 was when they expanded 64 teams? Mm-hmm. Sounds about right. So Indiana that year was probably – I don't know how many people were in the championship that year or were in the tournament that year. 16, 32. So, the, yeah, so I just mentioned – so they mentioned Wichita and Kentucky in this article. Oh, another team, 91 UNLV lost in the Final Four. I think they lost to Duke that year. Uh, yeah, sounds right. And that was a really good UNLV, UNLV team. Yeah. So yeah, they got smoked by Duke, I think. Oh, wait a minute. There's another team. This I did not know. The 79 Indiana State team with Bird. Mm-hmm. Didn't lose their first game until national championship. Game, oh, to until Michigan, championship. yeah, to Michigan State, right? Okay, that I did not know. So they mentioned Wichita. Wichita lost in the second round. Kentucky lost in the final four to Wisconsin, and UNLV lost final four to Duke. So those are the three in the modern, at least last thirty-five years since the tournament expanded. Yeah, I just I have a hard time seeing. I have a hard time seeing Gonzaga do it. Was there a 30 for 30 on that UNLV team? I don't know if it was on that specific team, but they did something on, like, Tarkanian, and Mm. I'm sure they did. Yeah, that that team was Larry Johnson. They did win a championship, right? 90, they won a championship? Uh, Were they going for back-to-back that year? Duke won in 91-92. It would have had to be before then because they didn't win in the 90s. 89 was Michigan, right? Yeah, and they had to win in 90 if they won. Oh, who the fuck won in that? Was it them? Larry Johnson, yeah, it had to be. I don't know if they won one, though. Was it – did Kansas win one with Danny Manning? That was 88. That was Danny and the Miracles. Uh, 1990. UNLV beat Duke. Yeah, you know, yeah, UNLV beat Duke, and then the rematch was a year later at the Final Four. And Duke I, beat I didn't remember that that team won a championship. That's crazy. I thought that was like one of those, like, Fab Five teams, like one of the best teams to not win a championship, like that. What could have been type teams. I didn't realize they actually won one. Holy shit. Yeah, they had a quick, they had a quick run until, uh, 
I don't know. They got canceled at some point, right? All these college teams get canceled. And they, that's exactly what the 30 for 30 was on, probably. <laughs> well, Darkanian had some issues, right? Wasn't he, like, recruiting? It was like you're, you're at school in Vegas. You're bound to have some problems. Yeah. I mean, there's, like, pictures of them, Stacey Augman and, oh, and Larry Johnson in, like, hot, yeah. Yeah, hot tubs <laughs> with agents <laughs> yeah. before Instagram. He used to be able to do that shit. Well, apparently not, because some yeah. asshole is taking pictures. Fucking rat bastard. Um, Isaiah yeah, so Tom- I, don't, I don't know. I, I mean. Isaiah Thomas won two years in Indiana, 79 to 81. Okay, that's about right. I, I, yeah, I knew Indiana won at some point in the late 70s, so it was right before Isaiah got there. He may have won. And he won in 81. He did win, okay. Because I, Knight won in 81, 76, and then. I think 87, they beat Syracuse. That was the uh, – I forget who with the game winning. Was that Keith Smart? Oh, Keith so, Smart, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bob May has three. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my, my assessment of Gonzaga without having watched them play a game until tonight, I'm like half watching this game because it's not even a game. That can, I mean, it counts for something. I mean, we have a, history, we have a long history of these teams, <laughs> you know – Dominating in a regular season and then disappointing. Come I just felt like a few years ago was their time, man. They, they made it to the finals and they lost North Carolina. I felt like that was the year. And they, they, you know, they came a game away. It was a close championship. They're gonna, everybody's gonna, everybody's gonna pencil them on, on their brackets this year. You everybody. think? I, I feel like I'm not the only person who feels lost with this year's. And I feel like people are just going to – people love to put – people have had Gonzaga winning in their bracket for years. They're going to see him as a one seed. They're going to see him as a top seed in the nation. They're just going to automatically put him right in. All right. So, I guess the, the, case for, the case for people picking Gonzaga is nobody knows what the hell is going on in college basketball this year. Yeah. And when they get the bracket in front of them, they tend to – pick conservatively uh, so you're yeah. gonna pick you're gonna pick you're gonna pick high seeds and brand names and that's gonzaga yeah yep the rare thing about this year is i'm not sure if there's much suspense uh going into the last six days of the season about who the one seeds are going to be mm-hmm. usually this time of year championship week usually have like probably two to three one seeds kind of in stone. Mm-hmm. And I think we might have all four. I mean, Gonzaga, they could come back and, you know, and lose this game and they're a one seed. Uh, Baylor's a one seed. They have one loss to Kansas. Um, Michigan, even though they had a bad last week, I think even if they lost their first game this week, they would be a one seed. And then Illinois, who – like I said, usually championship week is when that fourth, you know, that fourth number one kind of has a big week, maybe steals a conference tournament and, and uh, steals that fourth one seed. But I think Illinois took it last week, man. Illinois' last three games at Wisconsin, at Michigan, at Ohio State, all ranked teams on the road. Like, I don't know how you don't give them the fourth one seed. So, uh, So for people who – say championship week is a waste of time. I guess that's a point for them. I'll, yeah, yeah, I hate that. I mean, it's, it's really 
you're putting all your chicken, you put all your eggs or chickens into one basket. If, if that's how you feel like more basketball, the better, more tournaments, the better. You know what I mean? I yeah. I mean, the way I look at it is if you're against the conference tournaments and the tournament, the main tournament is still going to start at the same time. And I guess you're just for two extra regular season games, which I don't understand the point in that. Doesn't make any sense to me. Let the kids play. And, and, and if it's a lesser tournament, you know, that's I don't I don't see an issue with that, and I don't see it as a lesser tournament because it's there. It's your conference. When your fucking con- when your conference, how awesome is that? You fucking you leave there and you got a you got a trophy in your mantle. Yeah, I mean it's also basketball all day, basically. Like today, today <laughs> yeah. was the yeah. calm before the storm. You know what I mean? This week comes in like a what is it in like a no in like a, a lamb, lamb and yeah. out like a lion like yeah. today was very calm and you know not you know nobody really big is playing besides Gonzaga tonight mm. like tomorrow you're gonna start with games all day and listen the big teams I don't think you get a ranked team playing until Thursday so you're not gonna be watching like the heavy hitters play tomorrow you're gonna be watching shitty teams like Duke mm. play tomorrow <laughs> uh but like you're still going to have a game. I think the ACC tournament starts tomorrow because there's a million teams in that conference now. I think you're right. So you're going to yeah. get like – And that's uh, and that's in Carolina this year. It's not in – used to be – it was in Brooklyn for a few years. Oh, is it? They're staying in Carolina, yeah. Yeah, so you're going to get like Boston College and those teams. I mean, you get basketball all day. And if you're a gambler, I mean, there's no way there's any gamblers that are against championships. Like, <laughs> no. That's impossible. No. Uh. Yeah, and then well, we have uh, thir- Thursday is the big Big East day. That's the that's the four game day in the Big East. There's nothing better, and I, I've done this only a few times where you just go to. I, I've done two games at a time on these days, but if you're there all day, there's nothing nothing beats that. Or you just go at noon, you bang out the first two games, the the afternoon slate, and you stick around for the nighttime slate. There's nothing better than that. And even yeah, just have day at the Garden. Even just having it on TV and just game after game after game, it's fucking fantastic. And you get a dud. I mean, it's not, they're not all great games. They're not all great oh, you'll teams. Get at, you'll at least a couple duds. Yeah. It's college basketball. You're going to get yeah. some duds. Yep. And also, you're dealing with some, like I said, down here from the Big East, you're going to deal with some shitty teams. So, But the best part about it is some of these teams are playing for their, for their lives. I mean – I take my team, like Seton Hall needs to have a showing in this tournament. I mean, they can't go in and lose to St. John's. Are there, I mean, they're probably out of the NCAA. They, they might get like a gimme, like a gift bid, but I, I doubt it, right? They're outside the bubble. I don't even know what their bracketology number is now, but they've got to be outside the bubble the way they've played the past. Yeah, I think Lynn already has them as uh, one of the first four out. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the Big, East, the Big East, you look at it, you have two teams that are comfortably in. And you have UConn, who's probably in. Yeah. Right? Even though I, w- I would advise them not to lose to Providence or DePaul. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's three legitimate bubble teams. Xavier, who's a seventh seed, mm-hmm. and actually they're playing on day one. Mm-hmm. And then, see, this, now this is the argument against people that hate on, cha- on Champ Week and hate the conference tournaments because Thursday afternoon, Seton Hall-St. John's, that's a playoff. Yeah, yeah. 
That's a playoff game. The lose. I'm not saying the winner's in, but the loser is dead. Right. Loser's yeah. out. Yeah, and you got a t- teams playing for their lives. There's nothing better than that. Desperation on the court. It's great. Yeah, even Marquette Georgetown that play. They're the first game that kicks it off Wednesday, the eight nine. That's a playoff game. I mean, those teams stink. And neither, you know, they're probably going to lose to Villanova, you know, most likely. Mm. But it's still a playoff game. Like, watching these teams, uh, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, watching these teams, these, like, small teams who had shitty regular seasons, like, watching them get to compete in a postseason format where it means everything, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, I love it, man. And they get a chance. I mean, you get one of those mediocre teams that m- makes its way into a semifinal. Then all of a sudden you have like this uh, bracket buster maybe comes away with a tournament win. Yeah. Oh yeah, bid stealing. That's see, that's the thing you got to look out for because Lenardi, you know, he does the bracketology and mm-hmm. he has all these teams that are you know last four in, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And you think you're safe. The only reason I wouldn't be too <clears throat> careful if I was a team like you know like UConn or. Uh, I don't know who else. I guess Michigan State right now looks like they're in because they finished strong. Mm-hmm. The only reason I wouldn't rest on my laurels too much is because there's going to be teams that steal bids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, I mean, St. Mary's isn't coming back in this game, and I, I think Gonzaga, that conference is getting one, maybe two. Mm-hmm. But, like, let's say – I'll use an extreme example. Like, let's say DePaul wins the Big East tournament. They're taking a bid mm-hmm. from an at-large team. Yep. So if that happens in like four or five or six conferences where the team that wasn't going to make it wins the tournament, all of a sudden teams like Michigan State, teams like UConn, you start getting a little nervous because teams start stealing bids. I think like the so, ACC's done that a few times. I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the uh, proof in front of me or even like a memory of it, but I always feel like the best teams bow out early in the ACC tournament. Yeah, I mean, I, I always tend to uh, <clears throat> bet against the uh, one seeds in a lot of these big conference tournaments. Right, they're like looking Kansas ahead, in the yeah. years past, you know, Duke, Carolina, maybe uh, Nova. I just feel like they're playing teams that, A, have their legs under them from playing the day before. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they may come out a little rough. Plus, noon start, I think, might affect – the team that's a little rusty. Mm-hmm. And two, I just think the motivation sometimes. If you are a – I mean, I use Baylor as an example this year. They're a one seed. If you're Baylor or if you're Michigan, you really don't have much to gain from this week. That's the argument for the people who think who don't like this week. Like those teams have very little to gain on paper. They have little – experience-wise, I think you do. There's no substitute for kind of, you know – getting out there and getting used to playing day after day and tournament atmosphere, do or die sort of feel. Winning, but on yeah, paper, yep. they're not improving their seed if they win by 40 or lose by 40. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, again, that to, to me, if you're looking at it like that, that's saying, that's, that's saying, okay, only the, only the actual tournament matters. And I understand like professional. It does to most people, but like, you know. And I understand that like in a professional league, like, of course, you know, if you win the AL East, it doesn't mean shit because you got to win the championship. If you win, uh, if if you win, uh, I don't know, fucking Patrick division, which they don't even have right now, but if if you win the fucking Patrick division in hockey, it doesn't really fucking matter. You got to win the cup, right? 
Yeah. But in, but in college, to me, they're still kids. I mean, I know, like, we kind of talk about them like they're professional athletes, even though they don't get paid fucking nickel. And at, well, some, point, at some point, yeah, um, on the books, that is. At some point, I think it's it's gonna figure itself out somehow. They're, they're things are trending in that direction where they're gonna get something, yeah, for their troubles. But even still, all it is on this level is about hoops, though, right? I mean, it's just about getting to play ball, just about getting a chance to 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 play and win, and uh, and to just and just look at it like if you go into a season and not win. I mean, it's a fucking toss-up. It's there's one, the one and done, does not give like the best team in the world, the best team in the in the NCAA does not have the best chance to win it, right? I mean, it's if they were playing seven game series, yeah, most of those teams, the top seeds would would wax whoever they're playing in a seven game series. Mm-hmm. But in the one and done format, you know that that should be people's argument. Don't like the conference tournaments. Is it why we're doing one and done? If you want, if you want the best team to win the one tournament and walk away a champion, why are we doing one and done? Well, one and done is the entire appeal. It's yeah, it's great. The casual, I'm not, the average I'm, fan, you know, the I'm, office and, people. And I'm, and I'm saying then, if if you are anti-conference tournaments, then you should want a more, you should want a more professional style tournament. Because one and done's a crapshoot. Yeah, I don't. I really don't understand the people who are anti the conference tournament. I understand people who, who might say, uh, you know, it doesn't mean that much in some. Like if Villanova and Creighton met in the finals, I guess that wouldn't really mean anything. Right. Yeah, but I just don't know what their alternative is. It can't just be you want an extra week of regular season. Like I, I'm not sure. Go right to. The I'm not sure what yeah. the case is. I'm not sure what their solution is to it if they think this is such a problem this week. And, I, and I'll, I've said this before, and I'll just really quick. I mean, basketball is just a tournament sport. I mean, from the time you first start playing, and then AAU and travel teams, I mean, they're all tournaments. Like, everywhere you go, um, outside of, like, your high school schedule, it's all tournament play. Yeah. So why not – why would you not have more more – more more uh, NCAA tournaments, the better. Whether it's, I mean, they do that. They had the fucking preseason tournaments. They have the Maui Invitational. And they have. Uh, um, they just had some uh, perfect season stats up in this game. They're already talking about it. They're already <laughs> rumblings. They're what's talking the, about Indiana being the last team? And what's the one they do? They used they did on like the, uh, uh, on like the um, aircraft carrier. Oh, they used to do that at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State would play like North Carolina. I remember. I think UConn may have played there one time. The coaches for cancer tournament. Like this is all cool shit to me. Oh yeah, I love that shit early yeah. in the season. I don't know why. I don't know why people are anti the the conference tournament. This doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. It just fits. It fits the sport, and especially fits you know for the college game for uh, kids that age. Like I get, and even NBA is doing a playing tournament for the eighth seed this year, and I think that's cool as hell. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind that. It's probably a waste of time because they're going to get killed by whoever the one seed is, but... I don't know, know I don't if there's the... any draft implications in it either. I was thinking about this the other day, as far as the NBA draft goes. Why doesn't, like, the eight seed get the first... Or then you tank if you're a seven seed or something? I don't know. 
But like the first pick should be like a team that makes the playoffs. Why is the worst team in the league getting rewarded? I mean, I know it's a lottery, but why why would the worst team get rewarded by getting the most balls? Why? Well, I think that the lottery is the only thing that keeps it from an absolute tank. I mean, teams are tanking regardless. I think the lottery is the only key thing keeping these teams somewhat honest. Yeah, I'd like to see the teams who compete for the full 82 or whatever, 60, whatever it is this year, teams that are trying to improve themselves and trying to win. I want to see them get rewarded. I mean, I'm not talking about, like, the Celtics, you know, getting Len Bias when they're fucking on a championship role um, in the 80s, or, like, the Celtics getting Larry Bird when they're – I mean, they weren't dominant, I guess, but – you know what I mean? You, I'm not, I'm not looking yeah. for. I'm not looking for the Nets to get first pick in the in the draft. I'm saying, let me see a team that was struggling but playing hard, like a team like the Knicks, who is competing this year and uh, playing well above what expectations were. Like, why they they should get rewarded? They should be the ones getting the pick. Yeah, but they're probably going to be a playoff. I mean, right now they're slated right, to be but a playoff not, but, team, but they're not a championship team, and they won't be a championship team. I mean, I'm not saying first pick in the draft for making a championship team, but they're, but they're they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to get like the 12th pick in the draft, and then I mean that, that's like no improvement from, uh, no immediate improvement from the draft. Why not reward them for having competed, having you know, busted their asses to get in the playoffs? You know, losing you know a gentleman sweep or something like that. Like that's those are teams that should be rewarded with first with top picks, in my mind. I don't know if I agree with that. I think you got to reward like teams who absolutely suck. Nah, fuck those teams, man. Let me see something out of them. That's why I hate that. I don't want to see you suck and then all of a sudden, you know. I mean, at least you're not giving them the pick, though. You're there, you're putting them in a yeah, lottery. Yeah, no, they've taken efforts to, to curb, um, to curb uh, tanking, but. I, just, I, hate, I hate the idea of the shittiest teams getting the best possible players. It's bother, it bothers me. So you don't like that um, the Jaguars have the first pick in the NFL draft? Um, is it different in football than it is? In, I feel like it's a little different in football because it, like one pick in football it doesn't make that much of a difference. Like well, you play, if you get a franchise quarterback – yeah, what is the as as a first pick? Like, what's the what's the percentage of your of a first pick quarterback being the franchise quarterback winning? I don't know an MVP and a championship in their career for that team. That's what I want. That's what I'd look at. Like with with football, it's such a team effort. Like in basketball, you need to have a star. Like, yeah, in basketball more. Well, they're very, they're very close, I would say. In basketball, you need the star. But it's getting to the point in football where you need a quarterback. Well, no, you definitely need the quarterback. That's for sure. You definitely need the quarterback. <laughs> but there is no guarantee that the first pick – and there's no guarantee in, in, in the NBA either. But you're almost definitely not getting like a 12-time All-Star in the second round of the draft. In the NBA, no. In the NBA, where you might get a 12-time All-Star in the NFL in the second oh, round. Oh, yeah. Or, in the, se- the or in the seventh round or, the tw- or, you know, whatever, in the late round. So I think it's a little bit different in football. And I feel like the teams that tank 
kind of deserve that first pick and the pressure comes along with it. And if that guy is a bust, they deserve that too. In the NFL. Like, in the NFL. I feel like teams that will I feel like teams will figure it out if they aren't looking, not leaning on that first pick and that one guy, that savior. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like, know if there's a perfect solution. No, I don't know if there, there's probably there's probably not a perfect solution. You're not going to stop teams from tanking, and you're not going to stop teams from sucking. Sometimes they do both. They suck and tank. I think there was like – I think somebody had mentioned uh, or maybe I heard or maybe I thought at some point like a tournament for the, the pit, the lottery for the draft, but I don't think the players – the players would never buy into that. Like why would these terrible players – want that give the team a better chance of getting a player to replace one of like the 12th man on that team. Like, yeah. why, would they, why would they do that? Yeah, true. <laughs> so you can't have, you can't, can't have a, uh, a tournament for the, for the lottery. No, uh, but, I, don't think, it, I don't think you can do that. But in basketball, like, and we just saw this with the Nets, like it was hard for me to accept trading Harden for all those players that had gotten used to, being like scrappy, kind of overachieving players. Yeah. Like really appreciate that, but, you know, you're not going to win championship with those guys. Yeah, you know, it's so, a business. You got you to gotta be in the business of winning championships. Yeah. So, you know, you have this a core of the Knicks who, you know, they're fun to watch. And you're going to – if you're a Knicks fan, you probably love these guys. But you're not going to win championships. They were though. dancing in the fucking streets when they went to 500. It's been a you long year. It's been a long year in New York in general. All right. <sighs> that was. I'm sure that was part of it, but it was a little, a little bouncy. <laughs> it was also right after you, the fans could get back into the arena, right? So I was like, the, the, it was, it was. I get, no, I gave him a little bit of a pass, but it was worth noting. <laughs> it's a little, a little embarrassing. <laughs> it's a little embarrassing. But it, but. You know, if you give them a top pick, that gives them a chance to build around this core, and maybe you get a kid who can elevate that team. Where instead of just waiting for uh, the big free agent to come, you know, sign with you or trade or something like that. Um, which I mean, essentially, you're gonna try if you're the Knicks, you're gonna have to trade a couple of these players at some point to get a superstar. I don't know who the fuck it would be. I don't. I don't think it's somebody that's available at this very minute, but at some point down the road, right? You have to trade these these kids that you get that you're really enjoying watching now that you're rooting for every night. You're gonna have to trade them for somebody who can bring you to the promised land, and you just decide who you're gonna keep. You know, to build around, to build with, and uh, I mean, just like with the with the Nets, like was it gonna be Levert? Oh, he's gone. Was it gonna be Dimwitty? Well, he's hurt. Was going to be, uh, I don't know who who else was that? like Jared Allen, like he's gone. Yeah, like all, all like all those all those guys that we rooted for. Oh, is it going to you know uh, what what's his name the lefty point guard uh, Russell? Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, was it going to be him? No, he's gone. And I loved I fucking that year he played for the Nets. I love watching him kind of develop, and it, it was so much fun. And you're like, ah, oh, this is great. And then he then he's gone. You know, you're kind of like, out the door. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But you know what? I mean, the team that they have now, Kyrie and Durant and Harden, I mean, that's the team that has a chance to take you all the way. That's, that's, that's the team that has a chance to beat the Lakers or the Jazz. 
or uh, the Sixers, you know, you know, you're staying in the East, or uh, the Bucks. That's the team that's going to let you compete. And if not, and, and maybe like Dimwitty, Lavert, Russell, maybe they steal a, you know, a uh, a series or two, but you're not going all the way with them. No, and you no, need, you need stars. Yeah, I mean, the that Pistons team is the only non-star team I could think of. You know, the Chauncey, uh, Chauncey Billups for Hamilton. Chauncey Billups a Hall of Famer? Did he get in? Mm, is he Hall of Famer? I don't know if he got in. I get confused because they have like a college Hall of Fame. Right? Don't they have a college Hall of Fame? Who is Ben and Rashid Wallace were on that team, right? The Wallaces were both on that team, yeah. Tayshawn Prince. Oh, I love Tayshawn. Yeah. And I, all those guys had great careers, but I don't know if any of them is Hall of Fame worthy. Although, yeah, kind of, it's, it's it's open season in basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I get confused. I don't know who's in what Hall of Fame. Like Christian Leitner, I'm sure, is in the College Hall of Fame. There's no yeah. way he's in the NBA Hall of Fame. Dream Teamer, what like, are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> is he the only Dream Teamer not in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> yeah, probably. Gotta be. Probably, yeah. Chris Mullen probably had to make the Hall of Fame. Mullen's in the Hall, yeah. Yeah, Rich Han- Richard Hamilton was on that uh, team. He's not in the Hall of Fame, I don't think. Yeah, yes. there's probably no Hall of Famer on that team. I mean, I think – see, all those guys, like Ben Wallace was a <clears> Hall of Fame <throat> shot blocker, but probably yeah. not a Hall of Fame ball player. Chauncey Billups was Hall of Fame in a few aspects, like leadership. Big shots. Yeah, uh, just balls in general. Um <clears throat> But yeah, overall, probably not career-wise. Yeah, Rip, great player. Multiple championships, college and the pros. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not not in the level of Hall, you know, Hall of Fame. And and again, you know, this is just our own interpretation of what uh, Hall of Famer is. There's a lot of Hall of Famers that probably wouldn't make it past our uh, discerning eyes. But yeah, for all I know. Three of the guys on that team were in the Hall of Fame, and I have no idea. Yeah, but that's a, but that's a, that's a special team, though. That's a, that's a really special, put together, really well team. Definitely a rarity. Yeah, very rare, for sure. Yeah, where, uh, where, where who like was Cha- Chauncey was the alpha on those teams? Like he was like the he was the guy on those teams. Oh yeah, he's Finals MVP. They almost ran it back the following year. Yep, against the Spurs. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Phillips was the guy. But um. And I'll, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe there's a short window. The right group got together for it. Who was the coach on that team? Larry Brown. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, and a perfect perfect coach for like a <sighs> non superstar team. Also, like a perfect coach. And 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 you, you just need everybody to buy in. That's that's just what happened. Yeah, it was a perfect storm. I don't know. Yeah. It, it'll be tough to uh, see something like that. I'm trying to think of like a more modern day. And the Raptors had Kawhi, the Warriors, LeBron all those years. Even the Mavericks had Dirk. Yeah, there's not really a team you could compare was in their lifetime to them. Was, was, there, was there a Spurs team with an older Duncan pre-Kawhi? No, the last one they won was with Kawhi. But what about before Kawhi? What's, what's the last one they won before Kawhi? Was Duncan uh, dominant or was Duncan uh... – Yeah, Duncan – well, Tony Parker won the MVP 
against the Cavs, but I'm pretty sure Duncan was still yeah really good. And plus, I'm pretty sure I don't know is Tony Parker Hall of Famer. Like in my mind, he is probably him and and Man. Ginobili too, right? Yeah, yeah, they're probably both. Yeah, there. so the, those yeah, and Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame coach. Yeah. All right. So there's no, there's no, there's no, the blue, the Pistons are uh, kind of like a one in a million. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't think of it. Like, even the Rockets had Hakeem and Drexler. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not. the bad, I mean, the bad, I see the bad boys Pistons, they had Isaiah. That's a Isaiah, Hall of Famer. Dumar, so. Dumar's a Hall of Famer. Rodman's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, that Pistons team doesn't make any sense now that I think about it. Yeah, Celtics, like with Garnett, like those were three big guys they brought in. Those are all Hall of Famers. Hall of Famer, Ray Allen's, yeah, Ray Allen's, you know, third guy in the Hall of Famer. Yep. There you go. It's the only – damn, how is that possible? There's not even a team that's close to what – You need the superstar. You need it. Need, you need it. You yeah. need the superstars. So You just got to throw shit at the wall. So if you like, if you're if you're a Nets fan for the past few years, you're you're piecing together a team that has, you know, you're looking for that special one in a million Pistons team, basically. Um, it's looking for all to come together with all those guys buying in, you know, uh, Dimwitty and Levert, all those guys buying in, and uh, they just are like, no, we can't do that. Let's let's bypass it. And now the Nets are in a position where people want to come to Brooklyn. I mean, you have Blake Griffin now kind of title chasing a little bit oh, yeah. here in the, you know, in the last legs of his career, just like looking for a way out of Detroit, coming to, to win a ring. And it's, as a Nets fan, it's really strange to be that popular of a destination that people want to go to you. Um, but on the other hand, it's fucking awesome. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like stoned where I think like Blake Griffin's come here doing 360 dunks all of a sudden where he's been you know on the shelf for a while and not quite the player. I mean, I don't know if you've seen anything about him, but like he's like he's like the tallest player in the league with the most um, shot attempts to not have one dunk all season. He doesn't have a dunk. He doesn't have a dunk all season. Yeah. So we're not That's getting not, a great the, sign. not getting the Blake Griffin of. Uh, I mean, of 10 years ago, let alone of, you know, two years ago when he led the Pistons to the playoffs. But I didn't even know he still played. I thought he was doing stand-up comedy now. He's a multi-talented entertainer, you know. He's hosting some show on True TV that's not Impractical Jokers. That's impossible. Only Impractical Jokers is on True TV. I mean, have you seen the other shows on True TV? They should put as many Impractical Jokers as possible. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I've seen the Carbonara effect. Oh, yeah, I've never really locked into that one. That's only, like, after a marathon of the – the Jokers will be on for about 16 straight hours, and then it'll be, like, an hour of the Carbon Hour effect. So, yeah, they'll sneak a Carbon Hour in there. Hope you didn't notice. Yeah, Try and I know. get a few yeah. eyeballs to the screen. I noticed. I noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> never lasts very long. Yeah, the True TV, uh, the Jokers, they absolutely hit a home run. I don't know how they did it, but they just took over that channel. And it's just a practical Jokers. And, it's, and you'll catch yourself watching a Jokers you've seen three times already. Uh, I do it all the time, yeah. It's an amazing feat of uh, television making. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how I can stand watching them as much as I do, to be honest with you. 
And something might have to do with the channel. I just want to they own my- the channel. If it was on a more popular channel, would you have it on as often? Well, it wouldn't be. Well, it wouldn't be on all the time. So no. Right. But would I like seek it out? Like if like with TBS played four night every couple nights, would I do it? Maybe. And maybe what if it was on Game Show Network, it was on like an hour a night. I mean, maybe I would. I watch, you know, watch Feud. True, but Feud Feud's big appeal is it's on constantly. Yeah. Well, it's, no, that's kind not like a security blanket. That, oh, that's fair. Okay, so maybe that this has Feud appeal then. Yeah, I think a show that's on as often as it is, and the fact that. Everything else on that channel stinks. Gives it some gives it some added appeal. Until tournament time. Yeah. That's actually yeah, the, the only other thing True TV has going for it is the first few days of the NCAA tournament. Oh, we we're gonna get overloaded with impractical jokers ads. Yes. <laughs> Those first There's gonna days. be a lot of impractical jokers ads. <laughs> I see a lot of Joe Gatto coming up. A lot of Joe Gatto, a lot, of, yeah, a lot of Brian <laughs> Quinn. Uh, yeah, and I think they only, I think True TV only, I think they're only around for like the first two rounds, maybe the Sweet Sixteen. True TV is weird. Like they, I don't know if they make the Sweet Sixteen, but they have like that first weekend. They have like the one. Uh, they're the only network that has one game. On a, specific, on a particular day, it's that Sunday. Uh-huh. Um, and it's like the 7 o'clock game. It's like 7 o'clock game. I late, think. late games, right? It's one game, though. Like I'm saying, like it's, like, it's weird. Like you, you could put on any of those networks any, any day of the weekend, and yeah. it's just game after game after game. There's just one point. It always happens where one network gets one game. I don't know if it's always true TV or if they switch and one year's TBS, whatever. But uh, you'll see like the Sunday night this year. Of the of the first, um, I don't know if it's Sunday night this time around. I'm not sure well, if we yeah, it's it. all messed up this year. Yeah, but it, there, there's one day where like one network gets one game in the early rounds. And yeah, as, as everything kind of evens out and teams are eliminated, and there's less games. Yeah, if your favorite team slash uh, alma mater is playing in that standalone game on True TV, you're probably not winning the championship this year. They're gonna <laughs> they're gonna bury somebody. They're gonna they're gonna bury uh, I don't know Oakland. This is a year for teams like Oakland, though. Feels like I mean maybe I'm way off. Maybe maybe it's gonna be one of the you know maybe it's gonna be all chalk. But I feel like it's gonna be all over the place. No, I think you're gonna get some crazy uh, upsets. Chaos. Chaos. um, Yes, I'm gonna predict some chaos. I think you're gonna get. A awesome. All right, let's see. Let's make a let's make a skip Bayless like uh oh, prediction. Get there. <clears throat> I think we get should I go eight or higher or set? I'll go I'll I'll go you know what I'll go eight. I'll go eight or higher in the uh one eight or higher seed in the final four. Nice. I like it. I was Can gonna we... go seven, but I no, I like it. Make no, it tougher. Bring it on. Give me some give me some some big numbers in there. I think we get an eight or higher, Love at it. least one. Uh, and we are getting 
fans, right? We'll get we'll have fans in some of these places. Uh, I don't think so. Are we? Uh, across like the family bo- and friends. Is it across the board? Just no NCA fans. <clears throat> I don't know because it's all in the state of Indiana, right? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I don't think they're in. Maybe is the, I hope they better let the bands in. I want the bands at least. That'd be nice. I need yeah. to hear Country Road when West Virginia <laughs> is down one, 10 seconds left. <laughs> I know that I know the garden next week is just friends and family. I don't know yeah. the extent of it. I know or this week I said next week. Uh, yeah, I know the Big East is only, but who knows? I actually thought about this leading up. Yep. Since they're not doing, you know, fans and they're not and they're doing it all in Indiana, wouldn't it have made and you know obviously you still have to worry about COVID because I mean I'm still very skeptical about how they're going to get these all these games in without a hiccup because it's a tournament format. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it have made more sense to put like all was it 68 teams I guess or whatever 68 64 teams in a bubble. Not, I mean, you wouldn't have been able to fit them in one bubble like the NBA did, but like a more of a metaphoric bubble like baseball did. Mm-hmm. And then just play the tournament all like straight through. Like the round of 64 is Friday, Saturday. Then, you know, round of 32, Sunday, Monday. Sweet 16, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm. Elite eight, Thursday, Friday. Wouldn't that have made more sense? I know it doesn't make sense TV wise and ratings wise if they probably suffer. But if you're just trying to get all the games in all at once and avoid an outbreak. Like they should have just played them on a row. I wonder if people are just more comfortable with where things are now. I know you're asking for trouble, like one kid gets it or one coach like, gets I don't it. Know, and... I don't know what the protocol is, but like these kids, if you're alive in the tournament still, like you can't be going back to campus. You can't be going to grandma's house. Like you, you got to be like on <laughs> lockdown, bro. You got, I'm sorry. You got you to gotta have some like real grandma's staunch house. protocol, man. North Korea type shit. Like, you know, you're not allowed to leave this – Eight by eight room. I'm sure it's not like it's not like base. It's not like baseball and like football. Like football. Oh, did you see uh, another barber tested positive? Yeah, uh, it's how come Embiid and Simmons didn't had to play in the All Star game. Yeah, they're just taking a page out of the dog's book. That feels like a setup. Yeah, yeah, they didn't want to go. <laughs> that was taking it. a page right out of the NFL's book. But yeah, I mean, I, it's it's not going to be as easy to bury. Uh, positive COVID test if you're the if NCAA. Yeah, I think I, I think the coaches will be strict. I don't know how well they'll will do. I'd be curious to see how it all pans out. But uh I really just think we're a year into this, people are comfortable with how we've been handling it. I mean there were teams that went like three, four weeks without playing a game this year. I and I feel like there's still teams like Iona hasn't played a game since I think I saw February twentieth. So there's still teams that are being affected by it. Xavier didn't play a game for a month. Yeah. Michigan shut down for a while. So if you, like, if you look at all the team standings and all these conferences, all the nobody played the same amount of games. Yeah. It's crazy. Bring the so I, you just got to yeah. hope that there's not – and I don't know. I don't know how it's going to work with TV. Like if, if, if a team – I heard the possibility of forfeits being knocked around. You can't forfeits. That's that's awful. You can't do forfeits. Let's just get through the – I mean, let's get through the conference tournaments. And then if you start on time – you get this started on time, let's just get through that first weekend. 
and we'll, we'll get through the first weekend. Yeah, we'll figure it out after that. Once you're down to uh, once you're down to sixteen, we figure we'll figure it out. Yeah. As, yeah, that's four fit in the Sweet Sixteen would be miserable. Oh, jeez! And I feel like a lot of water boy gets it. A lot of these college teams they shut down, and it was very. They were very cautious. I don't know if they're going to be as ca- – like, UConn shut down because a ref in one of their games tested positive. Yeah, yeah. And nobody on the team tested positive, but they shut down. They had to shut down for weeks because a ref tested positive in a game they called. I don't know if a ref ever fucked up March Madness, man. I would be livid. Well, we've, we've seen that a few times where a ref has fucked up March Madness. So oh, be, just be the fuck first it up time. on the court. Just fuck it up on the court. Keep it between the lines and I'll be happy. Uh, oh, wow. You're asking for trouble now. You really just yeah. opened up Pandora's box. I know. We'll these I did ask for trouble. That's my fault. That's my bad. <laughs> Jeez. Hand start, up there. Start fading Sunday poor. Hey, how did Mercer do? Did they cover? Mercer did not cover. Uh, how bad they lost it? by eight. Uh, Oakland right now up 12, though. All right. All right. So, looking to split the night. Uh, do you know of any place that houses NIT um, brackets or, or we have to do this by hand? Oh, I would think definitely by hand. There's no way that there's an NIT thing online. And it should be easy, though, right? Just to fucking have a bracket with those teams? Like, how, why, would it, why would you not do that? Just because nobody else would be in it? Yeah, I don't think. Shit, You're talking about like a, an actual pool? Yeah. There's no way. Because we're doing the Sunday poor pool for the NIT, and I want, and I, and I guess we're going to do it by hand, huh? Oh yeah, absolutely. Fuck. <laughs> All right, I talk about opening up a can of worms. I guess we're doing an NIT pool by hand. Everyone's going to have to send their screenshots. The one year we did it, I think it was just you, me, and the Greek. We did it one year for shits. Was it just by hand? Yeah, oh, wow. out of it. I don't think so. There's got to be some. There's no way we did it online. There's got to be some place to do it. I mean, I Googled it and I could not find it. But. uh, Well, you still have. uh, That bracket gets released Sunday night, too. So. Yeah, we got a week or so. Yeah. It's 16 teams. Just 16, yep. Oh. You got time. Um, Quick turnaround, though. The Panthers coach. He looks like a Bond villain. Florida Panthers coach. Let's see. Joel uh, Kenneville. Oh, from the Blackhawks. Oh, he's a Blackhawks guy? He was the coach for all those championships. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Definitely classic Bond villain. He looks like he could have been like John Lithgow's sidekick in Cliffhanger or something. Oh, like no, a Lithgow with a mustache. He looks like Tom Selleck's like uh, stunt double. Yeah, with the you know, on his younger days. Selleck still rocks the mustache on Blue Bloods. Jet black, all right. Oh yeah, it's he's <laughs> right out of Coach K school. <laughs> yeah, he is not. He's not doing the Ken Kenneville. You ever see Blue Bloods? Nah, I used to be on like something late night. I've seen maybe one or two episodes. But no, I've never sat down and watched like a season of it. Yeah, me neither. I know I'm not the demographic for that show, so I don't even bother. 
what's demographic is 50 and up? Oh, I would say at least 50. <laughs> CBS, that's like Francesa territory. That's like 60 I, and up. Loves it. He loves CBS. He loves Good them. Wife. Loves. Yeah, Blue Bloods. That's Francesa territory. Uh, who listen I don't want to spend any time on this that's why I saved it for now because we're almost done but I cannot understand for the life of me why every once in a while I see all kinds of headlines and shit about the royal fucking family what they do now well there's an interview Oprah did an interview yesterday with uh, uh, Harry and Meghan Oh, I love Meghan Markle. Yeah, not a royal, but that's fine. That's you know that's why we like her because she's not she's not a royal, but she is yeah. she is royalty to us. Um, yeah. So the interview, so it's a big thing. I didn't listen, I didn't watch or anything, but uh, that was a big deal. People, pe- like people going to bat like for the Queen of England. Over these two, like makes me nuts. Like, what? The What's the deal? They like denounce themselves from the royal family, and the queen's mad. I don't even know. The interview was there was like she was talking about the racism within uh, the royal family, how they were concerned how like dark their kid was going to be. Uh, she was like suicidal at some point. She said, and she went to help from the royal family. They wouldn't help. They wouldn't like point in the right direction like to get help talk to a doctor like not none of that um just kind of how the royal family are full of shitheads which pretty much confirms everything i've ever thought about the royal family yeah they're um, not real people yeah so i don't play game of thrones so like. i don't which i don't which is this terrible game but i don't understand <laughs> why people get up in arms about it oh they, they were talking about the royal family how dare they people who dig their heels in to attack these two, I just don't get it. Like, I don't say you have to love them, but why do you care at all? Like, I just don't care. Um, and I so they're mad. Fighting a queen, fighting a queen and kings, like a, like a society of kings and queens, which is bullshit. And the whole fucking reason the American Revolution was fought. So I don't know why the fuck anybody who calls himself a proud American would give a shit about happens with the royal family, how you know? As far as I'm concerned, it's 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 in the veins of every red-blooded American to want the monarchy to fucking collapse in embarrassing fashion. Fucking kings yeah, and queens. Yeah, isn't like the king of the. What the fuck is this? It is so odd. And like, why do we have a place where there's a king? Why do people fucking care? Why do people who not from there fucking care? I mean, I know you get like a day for the queen. You get a day off for the queen every once in a while. Yeah, okay, I raise a glass for her. Like a day off for, I guess. Do we? What do we get off for? No, we don't. But they do. They no, no, we don't get. It. I don't want a say. goddamn day off for the queen. It was a Monday, maybe I take it. I go to work. You give me a day off for the queen, I'm going to work. Proof of point. <laughs> no, I'm going in. Fuck the queen. This is bullshit, man. Why? It, it, I don't understand people. I think it's a fascination with like being born into something that just gives everything to you. Yeah. I'm sure it's the appeal of, uh, it's the whole royalty. I mean, I don't know that people like to envision themselves, like how they would handle it if they were her, maybe Meghan Markle. And they're like, 
how luxurious of a lifestyle it would be. So they don't <laughs> like the fact that she left it. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I've never given a fuck about the royal family. That's oh, crazy. They're not real people to me. If anything, now like Megan and uh, what's Harry, she's married to. Yeah. Like they come off more personable. The fact that they're not with them. Yeah. For sure. But yeah, a, I mean, they're it, all they're all shitheads. You can't expect those people to be normal. Here's the thing about Harry, is so he was a baby, right? And his mother gets killed, right? However, I don't know the full story, but basically she was chased by paparazzi and oh, yeah. the mo driver, you know, crashed the car and she dies. So here he is, like a grown man, and his fiance wife is getting dragged through the tabloids in England, and he's like, "No, this is fucking nuts." I I grew up without a mother because these fucking same scumbags. Like, I'm not gonna do the same thing to my wife. Like I would stick it up your ass too. Fuck you, Charles. I think he. I think he said something about his. Doesn't talk to his father anymore. Well, that's Charles, right? Is his dad? I think he said he doesn't talk to him anymore. Prince Charles, is that right? I think so, maybe. That was Diana's husband? I think so. So I don't think we're all family. It's like a fucking episode of Days of Our Lives. Yeah, it's not even as cool. Like, yeah, I, get, get me behind a Game of Thrones thing, maybe, but like not. Yeah, this is fucking daytime TV. It's terrible. It's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. It is very soap opera and, 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 and any And any American who comes out is like, oh, these two going on TV out there, like, go fuck yourself. They're, they're talking shit about the king, the queen. And the royal family, which is this country is built on it. That's it's awesome, your, yeah. It's I didn't even know they blood. did that. That's great. I mean, I didn't want more people talking shit about the queen. This is all. Uh, I read one article in the Post about why uh, these two are frauds or something. I'm like, I can't imagine digging my heels. Oh, they're frauds. Oh, yeah. And it was all like, it's all bullshit. None of it made any sense to me. Like, if I'm writing that article, I'm asking myself what I'm doing with my life. I've bad enough. I'm reading the article, but if I'm actually writing it and dig my heels in, I'm taking a position that these two are frauds and you know don't listen to them and this and that. Like I just, what am I doing? Because you're right, they're not royal. They're even they're not even royal families. They're just citizens now. Where do they I, live? I don't know. I thought I thought in Canada, but I don't know. What was the point of the interview with Oprah? Um, just to talk about why they left. I, that I, do, I don't even know. I don't know. Maybe. Probably. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that people love it so much. They, like, watch their wedding and shit, right? That was, like, one of the things uh, they said was, like, oh, they wanted to live a private life, and now here they're going on Oprah. Like, okay. I mean... <laughs> they, I mean, I yeah, that's a, I mean, that is a fair point, I guess. But, I mean, she's an actress, and he's a gigantic celebrity. And I mean, I, I don't think I don't think I expected them to like go, like start living on a farm in Ontario or something. They should go on Rogan is where they should go. That'd be cool. That would show me that they're real people. Because Oprah, I don't even really consider Oprah a real person. She's way too famous. She's gigantic. She's more famous than. I can't even co- see Oprah's not even a real person to me. I can't even comprehend like how rich and famous she is. It doesn't even make sense. She hasn't She's been a on, network. She hasn't been on TV regularly in like twenty years. She's like Babe Ruth, bro. She's mythical. Yeah, to this point, like I, she, I'm not even that's, sure. That's a great she call. Exists. Yeah, she is absolutely the Babe Ruth of television right now of daytime TV. I mean, she was on that show for years, retired, hasn't had her own show. Maybe she does like little things for her network. 
but she hasn't had her own show, like her own daily show in 20, 25 years. And she's still one of the most famous people in the world. 2.7 billion, her net worth. Jesus. I mean, how many people could touch that? Um, like, think about how rich Howard Stern is, king of all media. He's worth 650 million. Oh, my that's God. Like a, that's a fraction of what Oprah's worth. Oh, my God. That's nuts. And like, how did it's so, I, I, I can never understand how people, like, how did Oprah get so famous? Just that talk show. People loved her, man. Yeah, people absolutely loved her. They tuned in to see what she had to say. Um, she had great guests. She was like, she had heartwarming type stories. People tuned to into her. And did oh, she gave great. away free shit, too. She gave away some free shit to the audience. Yep. Big appeal. Oprah, four. I think she was, I want to say she's on four o'clock on whatever. Yeah, I remember my grandmother watching her growing up. People, people never like understood that. the appeal. I was like, oh, this woman will never make it. Here she is, 2.7 billion. I mean, you, that foresight that you had. I bet, I bet you picked Kirk Cameron to make it big out of growing paints and not DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I was more of a Kirk Cameron guy back then. What could I say? I hitched, my, <laughs> hitched myself to the wrong wagon. <laughs> oh, man. 2.7 right. billion. That's, that's wild. Well, look, she started someplace. She started on a small network. Um, now she is the network. Now she is the network, and that's what uh, Sunday Poor is. You know, we started small. One day we'll be talking about, well, it'll be half of two point eight billion, I guess. But that's fine. Yeah, we're not really starting a network. We're starting more of a cult. I'm not denying it. <laughs> All right, listen. <laughs> the people who are going to be in it are on a need to know basis. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have two. Go ahead. No, I just want to, real quick, there's two celebrities who are richer than Oprah. It'll make sense when you hear it. George Lucas, $6.5 billion. Okay. Steven Spielberg, $3.7 billion. All right. Well, Lucas sold Star Wars to Disney, so yeah, that, he made a few bucks there. What do you do with... There has to come a point where just... It's monopoly. Like, there's no like. Do you carry cash on you? What does George Lucas carry in his wallet? <laughs> Condoms. I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Uh, I, I have no idea. Does he even know what like a five looks like? I mean, you don't buy. Who knows? He even shops for himself. I don't know. And I, I like to think if I, uh, don't know, nobody is better being rich than poor people, but like. That's why it's so easy for me to talk about what I would do if I was a billionaire. But I like to think yeah. I'd still go get a cup of coffee and a fucking bagel for seven, you know, for four bucks. Depends how famous you were, though. It's not that easy for yeah. like Oprah couldn't just walk down the street. Yeah, she's right. Yeah, in the rich neighborhood and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it, it, you hear about famous people all the time, like where they you live. you if you had that type of money, you'd live on like a property where you had the Seven Eleven. Your own Seven Eleven, just pay. Got to be there twenty four seven. You'd have like your own little stand where you can go get a cup of coffee. That would be like on your property. I want. I don't want. I don't just want a slush machine. I want an entire Seven Eleven built around it. You could probably make it if you're if you're have George Lucas money. You Tell could you do what, it. I would stock up with Entenmann's and uh, 
Hershey bars. She didn't have to leave. She didn't have to leave the house. There you go. That's your, uh, what do you call it? Yeah. But panic yeah, room. Not panic room. You should I go to a diner and sit at the, sit at the counter at a diner, have a cup of coffee and some eggs like sometime? Like that kind of, it's, losing that kind of normalcy isn't worth all the money. Yeah, like Almost. Derek Jeter couldn't do that. But don't, you, but don't people, don't people that rich and famous, don't you think they have like a nice little niche, whatever neighborhood that they're in? Like it might not that diner, and, that diner in the rich neighborhood might cost more than uh, the diners around here. But there's no way those diners are better than our diners. No fucking way. No. No, rich rich people don't. Uh, my theory on you're. I think rich people, my theory on rich people is, first of all, their furniture sucks. The richer, the more expensive the furniture, the more uncomfortable it is. Yeah, very stiff. Yep. Okay. And I also feel like the richer the person, like the shittier taste in food they have. Can't take a rich person's critique on food seriously. Where does the food thing come from? Why do you think that? I don't know. Okay. They're always recommending French restaurants. Like, fucking French. <laughs> <laughs> duck Larange. Duck Larange, yeah. I've had duck a couple times. It's all right, but I mean, come on. Rabbit. I want to get into rabbit. I want to have some rabbit soon. I feel like I had rabbit recently, but I can't remember. I'd mess with some rabbit. Yeah. Easter's coming. Yeah. That's festive. <laughs> I like it. Get a chocolate one at least. That I that I'll hundred percent get down with in the coming in the coming days. A lot of times rich people their clothing. Like if you're if you're so rich you end up like just because you have to be above and beyond everyone else, you just end up wearing ridiculous shit like Kanye. Too rich for his own good. He always looks ridiculous. Yeah, it's like trying to be eccentric or being eccentric. I don't know. Like, it's one thing to have a nice, like, when you're rich, man, like, you have all your clothes, like, nice and fitted, perfect. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. But then they take it to, an, to another level where they have to wear something that no one else can have, and they look just yeah ridiculous. Got to look outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. The clothes thing I get. But I, I'm still trying to figure out what, like, where, like, example of like a, a rich person has bad taste in food. I'm just, I just want one example of it. Like, I get, I know, they always wear like they always have like these little meals at the rich restaurants. It's always small portions. <laughs> oh yeah, well, like that high end, that extremely high end restaurant stuff is all bullshit for show. Yeah. And their furniture sucks. I'm standing by that one. Yeah, like in uh, in that book, The Last Opium Den, that I was reading, that I read. Um, that it starts out. He's talking about how he has a friend, and that, that owns a high end restaurant. He's able to sell like an onion, specially prepared. It's like a you know a, a seven cent onion. And the three ingredients he mentions all combine like 27 cents he yeah. sell, and he sells it for like $35 just because he can. Yeah, exactly. And I forget what the correlation was. Um, 
but he made eventually made some connection to like to, to the drugs. Um, but yeah, well, you, if you can do that, you're gonna do that. And rich people are too stupid to know that they're getting they're being had because they can afford it. Yeah, they can afford to be stupid. Bingo. But if, but if, we, but if you and me start eating thirty five dollar onion appetizers, um, we'd be broke in about a week. Correct. And and starving. <laughs> so, still going up in pizza. Yeah, on top of the thirty five dollars. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, what are we doing? Uh, are we doing the rest of the week for the show? We're gonna talk about a post show. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. Uh, that'll do it for Sunday. Poor here, first show of the week. Thanks for joining us. As always, we'll be back here. We'll talk about it after the credits. And thanks for listening, everybody. Championship week. Calm before the storm. Uh, yeah, a lot of hoops to follow. So enjoy. Thanks for listening. Bring on the chaos. All right. I keep forgetting to uh, mention natural effects. I want to throw them in there, in there one day for no other reason except that, uh, I don't know, we could get retweeted by them or something. Yeah. <laughs> Um, all right, so feel the effects. Wednesday, we got two games, right? Those are the beginning games of uh, Big East Tournament. It's three games. Oh, yeah, three games, right. Uh, three games first round. Was that three and six and nine? Is that right? Three, six, nine, yeah. Um, and then Thursday, we mentioned the four games – and UConn plays the nine o'clock game, or are they the nine o'clock? They're nine. Okay. So, are we going to go Wednesday night and do? I think I think we I think we got to shoot for post show a uh, post game on Thursday night. Post game Thursday. Thanks. So. Yeah, I could do. I could do anything. Doesn't matter. What do you prefer? I well, I, just, I just think I think it'd be better if we came in hot from. Day two of the Big East tournament. Yeah. Post, all right. Post game Thursday. All right. It doesn't have to be like a banger show. Just we could just talk about uh, what we saw. Get into that, and it doesn't have to be you know. It could just be all hoops, I guess. If uh, yeah, it, 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 you know, forty five minutes. No, nah, it's gonna end up being all. Yeah. All right. Basketball probably. Cool. Um, well, until it's not. Yeah. Yeah. To, yeah, depending on how many cocktails. Not including sidetracks, but I'm not coming with any notes for anything else. Not that I came yeah. with male chest hair in my notes this evening, but, <laughs> but there I, it better, is. I better shred these right now. Before yeah. I... Uh, yeah. All right, man. Good shit. I can't wait. I, I love that prediction. Eight seed in the final four. I love it. Eight or higher. Yeah. Great. I'll, I'll try and have another bold prediction. Thursday. Let's go. And then we have – and then we're, then we're doing Sunday. Uh, Sunday, yeah. Post bracket and then uh, – Thursday, I guess. I'll just come in, yeah, mid what's well, going on, yeah. All right. Good stuff. I don't even know what the lineup is like, but I don't even know what channel those games are on. They're all on the same day. 
that mean there's no new impractical jokers out there, is there? <laughs> I guess not, taking a week off. Um, Let's see what we got here. Two, uh, can I go that far in advance on here? Thursday. Looks like it's not on True TV. No, wait, I got the wrong. What's the 18th this Thursday? That's next Thursday. Oh, so I'm on the wrong. This, you're talking about the tournament or are you talking about this week? I'm talking about the first four. So the, the first 18th. four has that's a game at 5 o'clock. Oh, yeah, okay. That's Thursday, yeah. And it has a game at 8.30. That's strictly true TV. Okay. So 5 and 8.30. And then it looks like TBS below has a game on at 6.20 and 9.50. Oh, that makes sense because they're sta- probably the same arena. Yeah. I wonder how they're going to do that. Are they going to put like, – are they going to put the two 16 seed games early and then – like, I'd rather – because I don't give a shit about the 16 seeds. I'd rather them just put – I don't know. It really doesn't matter. 16 teams are useless. That's my point. <laughs> They shouldn't, um, they shouldn't put those up against each other because I'm not going to watch either, probably. The week of uh... – all right, so – Why wouldn't they do like an afternoon game on Thursday? No, nah, I just stack them. I think that makes better because there'll be some overlap, and that, that's okay because one of the, like, at least one of these games is going to be a dud, right? So True. there's going to be overlap and just keep them, just keep them rolling. And plus, nobody's going to tune in during the day for a first four game. Maybe if it was big, if it was like Michigan State. Yeah. Not for the 16th seeds, no. Uh, the week of um, – the week after. So, 18th is the first four. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a show then, and then we'll do a show on Monday, I would guess. Yeah. That will yeah. be the first round wrapper. First weekend wrapping up. That Thursday, I'm going to be away. Um, but um, I'll probably be able to do a show that night, though. We're out of town? Yeah. What? Which thir- what's the date on that? 25th. Oh, okay. Um, but I should, we should be able to figure that out. Now, on the schedule, that's supposed to be – I got 2009 retrospective for that. Oh. All right. I'll be ready for that. That's, which would uh, actually make it pretty easy. Which would actually make it pretty easy to bang it out. Yeah. All right. All right. That works then. We'll figure that one out. I'm not sure I'll be uh, 930, but we'll work it out. Vacation, business, or leisure? Uh, vacation. Yeah. Uh. Just got a little house on a lake in Vermont. Lake Winnipesaukee. That's it. That's New Hampshire. Whatever. That's not the lake. I don't, I don't know. The it might lake. be. In, it might go through Vermont. So it's a big lake. But here's the good news. I mean, I'll be prepared anyway. But uh, 
got to get up there, I got to got to drive through Springfield. Well, there you go. Yeah, make, make a quick stop. stop. Yep. So, let's got that. Look forward to. Uh, yeah. Alrighty. All right, I'll get this shit out, and I'll uh, talk to you later, my man. All right. Peace. Sure.